On today's restump, we'll review the massive win over the Kangaroos on the weekend. The boys did what they had to do and a bit more. Pretty sure the Chief's pretty excited to talk about it. So let's not waste any time. Let's start wearing purple with Gogo Bordello. Start wearing purple, wearing purple. Start wearing purple for me now. All your sanity and wits, they will all vanish. I promise. It's just a matter of time. So, yeah. Welcome to the Restump Podcast. My name is Brett Jojo McDonald, and always, as always, I'm joined by a man who spent all afternoon doing the maths, only to find out there is not a mathematical chance of the Fremantle Dockers playing finals football this year. That is Greg the Chief Dwyer. Yes, hello Jojo, I was, I was. Um, and you did remember to carry, you carried the one and you... Uh, carry, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we're out. We're out. We're out. Yes, finally, but uh, I think we were out a couple of weeks ago, to be honest, but um, uh, where, there's, where there's hope, there's life, or where there's life, there's hope, one of the two, but there's no hope anymore. <laughs> but there is life. There's plenty of life. Yeah. Plenty of life. Hey, I reckon we're in a, in a bloody recession, Jojo. <laughs> I reckon there's a recession going on, but uh, not down at Frio. <laughs> we just keep making regular four-point deposits in the wind bank, don't we? Absolutely. Absolutely. Another four last night. Uh, yesterday and what a win that was 64 points in the end 15 9 kicked the don bradman uh against 5 5 35 for north melbourne great to see us kick a score it was wasn't it it was um it was sort of threatening to happen because i thought we i think we mentioned uh, a couple of week ago or two weeks or whatever it was that hogan was on the verge of a of a um getting reward and uh, that happened. Walters went bananas, you know. So yeah, it was good. it was really good to see, you know. And it was sort of another um, a step in the game plan. And we got we um, got good spread in the scoring, that, didn't we? Hogan kicked four, Walters and Tabs kicked three each, yeah. and I think Schultz got three as well. Schultz got three as well. So uh, yeah, real good spread, and um, that's what we want to see. But I, but I, I think it was that sort of involvement. You got to we got a glimpse of. Um, what that's going to look like, or hopefully look like, when we transition entirely from that sort of chip and mark and protect game to the play on game, and that one piece of play, Jojo, from H to Tabs to Hogan to goal, that was uh, that was just a, a dream piece of play, and you know H put it to Tabs' advantage, Tabs turns around puts it to Hogan's advantage. That's the that's the future right there, Jojo. Yeah, that's it. And we spoke about this last week. I mean, it was a different proposition playing North Melbourne this week where boys are going to have to be proactive and get on the front foot and take the game to them rather than, you know, counterpunch almost what we've been doing in recent weeks against more credentialed teams. And, mm. you know, you, you're confident they'd be able to take them on and beat them playing the way they wanted to play. But to be able to actually see them take them apart like that, I thought that was pretty impressive. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? It was, it was very impressive, but... Um don't get me wrong. North I've Melbourne could have been wearing orange. Well, well got it. made of plastic. I, um, I think it was about six weeks ago we had that discussion about the Crows and North Melbourne. Yeah. And I think I said I'd take the Crows back then because North Melbourne, they are in diabolical trouble, Jojo. 
they're in huge trouble. Yeah, well, you don't you Not don't like to rubbish time. your opponents, but they do seem. You look across the board and like down the team list, their best couple of players are probably what would you say Higgins and Zebel. They didn't get near it. They started Higgins out in yep. the wing. Zebel started deep forward and didn't really get into the game at all. So uh, if your future is hinging upon. Was it Simpkin and uh, Luke yeah. Davies Uniac, who I don't mind as a player, but I wouldn't want to yep. be staking my the future of my club's fortunes on those guys. No, well, I'll, and, and to add to that, I'll give you the uh, the stats of the game. Right, um, Frio had uh, went in with nineteen hundred and seven games experience, at an average of eighty seven per player. North went in at with two thousand and sixty seven. Games an average of ninety four. Now, under fifty games, we had nine. Oh, sorry, eight. They had nine. Okay, um, between fifty one and a hundred games, we had eight. They had four. And a hundred or more games, we had six. They had nine. So they got nine players over a hundred games, nine under fifty, and four in the middle of that. They're in all sorts of bother for for years to for another th- two, three, four years. They're in trouble. Yeah, and they they did have t- like Taron Thomas, who was a top ten draft pick, a couple of years missing, but Ben yeah. Ben Brown missing. But apparently he's on the trade table. You'd think that yeah. the, you know the bottom is calling for them if they're not already there and they're going to be there for a couple of years. Um, but yeah, that's right. Forget about them and uh, move on to us. Yep. What we wanted to see was the ball movement. We wanted to see some connectivity between the mids and the forwards. And I think we got that on um, on the weekend, didn't we? Definitely got it. Definitely. It was, uh, as I said earlier, it was just a joy to watch. They were moving the ball a bit quicker when they, when they you know, um, pulled the trigger. And we got to see a little bit work with the, uh, the three tools, with Lob, Hogan and uh, Tabiner up there. And I thought it was noticeable on the weekend that all of them got out of each other's way. I mean, we've seen in recent weeks, you know, it was kind of a bit confusing when the three of them had played or even two of them at times where they'd lead into each other's space or, you know, yep. they wouldn't have room to take a one-two step and jump and attack them and attack the ball in the air. But on the weekend, everyone worked in sync together. You know, everyone gave each other their space and they were really able to create a lot of really good quality scoring opportunities. So we're getting actual yeah. decent value for our inside 50s and our work back back up the ground. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? It was sort of, um, it's like another step that, that, that they're learning the game plan, learning what JL wants to do. And, and you're spot on. And it's funny you would say that because I just watched, just before we started, we recorded, I just watched uh, Jesse Hogan got interviewed by, Oh, I don't know who it was, but he got interviewed after the game, and he actually said that he said we weren't we were going for our we all we're all going for our own ball up the forward line. We weren't, you know, three of us going to the one ball. Yeah, and he said it, you can see how it works so much better. So uh, good, good observation there, Jojo. You're right on the money. Well, it's kind of that selflessness that you need in the forward line, isn't it? It creates space. You know, you, you don't yep. want to be working in a shoebox. It's much better having a one-on-one contest than a three-on-three contest or, you know, being outnumbered by a defender because you're all in that congested area and a defender can just roll off his man and help out his teammate to defend a Hogan or a Lob in the air. So, I, yeah. I think that's going a long way to and make it three, easier. Yeah, and they're three 
if you can get either of those forwards one-on-one, they're all hard to beat. Well, there's a number of times that I think Hogan and Lobb ended up with what would have been, uh, you know, a back flanker on them and just, you know, had, you know, yeah. nine inches or a foot advantage and all they had to really do was stick their arms yeah. in the air and they got the mark. Um, That's right. So, North were really poor, obviously, but I think the consistency of effort across four quarters for us, I mean, they, they didn't want to know about it. We didn't give them the ball. And as soon as they got it, they just were forced to give it back. I think there was a couple of minutes where they applied some token pressure at the beginning of the third quarter. But apart from yep. that, I mean, we pretty much ruled the roost for the entirety of the four quarters. And it was a solid four-quarter effort. Yeah, it was. And it, it was another one of those games that, and without being um, arrogant or cocky or whatever, um, five, ten minutes into the first quarter, you're going, we've got this. It was one of those ones you, you were comfortable, you were confident, and there was never you were never in even in that first quarter we were no team was was really scoring um, for the first I don't know eight nine minutes yeah it was, it was. scoreless yeah um, yeah but you still felt like we had the better of it and well I did anyway I'm watching I'm thinking we've got this this is so it's it's amazing that we you'd be able to do that this year several times um, but it was also as you said with the scoring we we played average. Uh, teams, you know, this year the, as well, the Crows, um, and we weren't able to beat them by 10 goals. No. So that was the big benefit. And as as bad as North Melbourne are, we played ordinary teams and haven't been able to beat them like that. So to do it, that was another, uh, another great step in the plan. Well, I reckon the guys with ball in hand are picking their moments a lot better, what opportunity they're going to try and take. Rather than, you know, yep. they're kind of second-guessing themselves a little bit early in the season, you know, and that hesitation kills you because the kick that was there two seconds ago isn't there anymore because it's shut down. But they were really decisive yep. with their ball movement. And I thought you just spoke about being comfortable, you know, that they were going to pick up the win, you know, five, ten minutes into the game. I reckon that had a lot to do with how they were playing. They maintained possession. And then you see them take up, take that kick. And they, even if it went backwards, they were getting it central and then using that open side of the ground bringing it in quick, and then the forwards were great in creating space and leading out in different directions, and we were getting great forward entries just because we were just being a bit more creative with the ball and spreading it out to that open side a bit more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did uh, I, I did say, say that when uh, it was, as you said, we, sometimes we went back to go forward, which is you know, part of our game plan, but it, yeah, it was just the decision-making. It was... It wasn't, uh, as you said, it wasn't hesitating. It was instant, and they were just making the right decisions. And when you've got that space to work in and your, your skills are half decent, there's the result. That's it. And I thought a lot of it started in our in our back line. And they, I think, um, who was it after the game that uh, got interviewed, said that the, the back line, had, you know, even within the, the four corners of Freo Footy Club, they're elite. Um, and I hate using that word, but, I mean, the way they go about it, defending – is top shelf, and now the way yeah. they start rebounding the ball, I mean, it's really proving to be the beginning of just about every attack for us. They they spread so yeah, well is. and create space. Yeah, I I still have concerns when we come up against a, a Geelong or a Richmond or that the back, that back line is going to be able to. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I mean, it, yeah. as I said, it was you know to say it was token pressure on the weekend is probably giving yep. it too much credit. But in terms of our yep. positioning and the intent, you can see you can yep. see it evolving. Oh, definitely. 
different. In fact, actually talking about the back line, right? Now, no, I know we know all the names and who's out, but have a, have a listen, right? Logue, Pierce, Hamling, Ryan, Cox, Hughes, Hill, uh, Demand, Watson, and Conker. Now, my question is, are we calling it an embarrassment of riches yet, uh, Jojo? <laughs> it must be getting close. Are we calling it that? Is that where we're going? I think we are. We're, I think it is an embarrassment of riches. But on the weekend's game, Conker, who would have to be up there in our better players in the last month, not, you know, yeah. for what he's actually been able to do for the team and, you know, the results we've got off the back of it. You know, you bring in Toby Watson. I thought, apart from that yeah. one stinker he had where he gave up the goal, his, his game was fo- like pretty much faultless, as I said, except for that one what? one blemish where he gave up the goal. And it's not often you can bring in a guy that's played three, four, five games, if it's that many even, yep. and he comes in and, and makes a contribution like that. I thought that was that's that was right. Game, game three, yep, it was outstanding. Game three, genuine impact. And yeah, he looked like he wasn't out of place, did he? Just looked like he fitted straight in. Um, I have to say though, as much as I loved having him in the team, and I don't ever want to see him playing at Metricon again, Jojo. <laughs> What's that? Never, never, ever does he play. At... There were numerous occasions where his hair blended in with the red seats in the background. Looked like he was just a headless body out there running around. I was freaked out, Jojo. <laughs> it was very disturbing. He looked like he didn't have a head. So, no, I'm not playing him. If he's playing at Metricon again, I'm not watching. Maybe Gold Coast will have some but fans said that, next year. Yeah, that's right. Um, but he was uh, he was outstanding. Seven marks, six intercepts, um, ten display. He just looks solid as a rock, doesn't he? As you said, power for that one howler. Solid as a rock. And, yeah, looked like he was... Um, had the composure that you, you wouldn't really expect a, th- a th- three-game player to have. But I, sp- I think it speaks so. as much to him as it does as well to the backline structure in itself. Mm. The fact that you can yeah, just definitely. plug someone in, they know exactly what their role is, they know where everyone else is, they know where the support's coming from, they yep. trust one another. And, yeah, yep. they've just continued rolling on. I mean, there's been a couple of minor blips, but across the whole yeah. season, they've been pretty consistent back there. Haven't they? Haven't they ever? And improving. Yeah, just the improvement they're showing sort of uh, on a, you know, the trajectory. Wow. Um, um, Stephen Hill, Jojo. Stephen Hill, 20 touches, six marks, five tackles, 332 metres gained. Let's just get this over and done with. Are you providing a written or verbal apology <laughs> to... Uh, I might hold, I might hold fire on that, I think. You suggest you were suggesting his career was over. In fact, I think you not only owe him an apology, but also JL. You criticised his call that uh, <laughs> Hilly could get back. Hey, hey, I'm, ha- I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy he busy. had a good game, but you know, this is a bit of a soft kill, wasn't it? Oh, you're still going at I'm him. I'm not going at him. I'm, I'm not going at him. I reckon it's great that he's you know he's found a bit of the footy. It'd be great for his confidence. He gets to play one last game against the Bulldogs uh, to close out the season. Hopefully he has a good preseason, stays injury-free, and we get more of that next year. Um, absolutely. But I don't, I don't, so I don't, I'm not going not... too over the top with anyone's performance on the weekend, uh, only to say that I'm glad we got a really, really good win. I'm just going to tell you something about Hilly, right? Because you have been saying, you know, move him on. But anyway. In fairness, I think you've the... been saying I've been saying to move him on more than I've been saying it. <laughs> Get this right. Poor, poor Hilly JJ. Now, I'll give you some stats here. 
from the 21st of July, 2018, to the 21st of June, 2020, that's two years, he played seven games of football. Seven games in two years. And you want to get, and you want to offload him. No, but that's the, that's, the, that's the concern, isn't it? That it's not his ability. Everyone knows what he can do. It's about him, him being able to get himself at a point where he can play at a level of fitness where he can deliver that week in, week out. That's all. And look at his trajectory this year since he's been <laughs> back in. All right. Well, I don't think this year. This year, we just want to see him stay, stay healthy for the last game that we've got. Get through the preseason, and then we'll we'll see again next year. I don't think he's going anywhere in the off season. That's for sure. Right. Okay. But you still, well, I look forward to that apology. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What about uh, Coxie and Ryan? What do you? I mean, they didn't have much work to do in in, in reality, did they? In the end. No, I, I thought probably uh, Luke Ryan probably had one of his quarter games. If that, it was still a great game, but it was probably one of his quarter ones. But as you said, yeah, he didn't. Just wasn't. Um, didn't have a power of work to do, did he? It was, well, I mean, North uh, couldn't get their hands on the footy. No. They, no. they nearly had 100 less disposals than us across the game. And, you know, the pressure was so immense coming from when they were exiting the ball from um, our forward line, which is pretty much where the ball was living for most of the game, yeah. that, you know, our mids were doing a great job chopping it off before it was even getting to the backs. Getting there. And even when it was going in, it wasn't exactly – they were under pressure. Um, yeah, they're on a huge pressure. So it was making it pretty easy for the uh, for the backs, wasn't it? Yep. Um, yeah. So I think you know, although the you know the backs did nothing wrong, I don't think they were put under any serious duress at any point during the game, really. No, I agree. In fact, to, to be honest, I didn't actually even make any notes about it because it, that was the case. So um, it's uh, and it's a bit worrying saying that because you know we're free mental people. We don't get too confident. We never get overconfident. No. But that's the, that's the type of game it was. I thought the one forward they had that did look a little bit threatening is um, Cam Zerha. Yeah. He's you know, not I, too bad, he, is he? No, he's not too bad. He's a really strongly built player. And yeah. who was it? Who who manned up the mark and did the pirouette and he kicked it out in the full? Licky Ryan. It was Licky Ryan. Right? <laughs> The merry-go-round or the pirouette, whatever. We, what are we calling it? We got to we got to call it something. You got to call it something. Yeah, but uh, yeah. he absolutely shanked that one. Didn't he butcher it? But then, you know uh, but then it's... in retaliation, though, then Dooman just gave it straight back to him when he kicked it straight back out in the full again. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see anyone do a spin on the mark when he was kicking. No, that's right. No, but I tell you, he's uncanny. How often the pirouette or the spin or whatever you want to call it? How often that works? And well, it works every time, doesn't it? Every time. I don't think I've seen it fail yet. Um, <laughs> other teams are going to cotton on to that. We better paint it. We better put a paint That on. was actually a pretty hilarious um, stretch of play from North Melbourne. So you had Zerha reacting to the spin on the mark. Yeah. Then Dooman kicks it back in. It goes out in the full. And then I think it was Larky took a mark in the forward pocket. And I don't know how he managed to do it, but he decided to run around and have a snap and ended up hitting the wrong side of the ball and it went out of bounds <laughs> in the other pocket. <laughs> there was. <laughs> Oh. This way, near the old Benny Hill music. Yeah, it absolutely was, wasn't it? Oh my god! The uh, um, no, it was uh, that can be. Um, what's his name? Zeha. He's he's stocky, but he's not that tall. No, I just no. I saw him up again. I can't remember who he was. Uh, it was might have been Luke Ryan or someone, but he wasn't that tall. So I thought, oh, good. So yeah, he's um, they're hard to be. Um, 
big power forwards. If they're not, they haven't got a bit of height about them. No. Um, midfield dominance for us was there from pretty much the start. Mm. And I thought one of the keys to this, and you're giving me a hard time again, but I thought Sean Darcy had another really, really good game. Up against uh, Todd Goldstein, he's, was it 200th or 250th? 200th? 250th. 250th, yeah. Um, yeah. And I thought he took him to the cleaners. Did, didn't he? I think it was Darcy, probably one of his best games he's, yeah. um, that he's even played. Um, yeah, he just, um, he just, he's got, he's looked like the last couple of weeks, he's turned the corner, hasn't he? So, and he's throwing his weight around. You know, what's well, I was about really... to say, the amount of times I saw him, you know, the ball was there to be won. And, yep. you know, maybe in the old days, he might have, the last couple of years, he might have dove on it or tried to win it himself. But he's yep. just sticking his butt into the North Melbourne guys and creating space for Brayshaw or Chera or whatever to come through and pick up the ball and dispose of it. Yeah. And yep. then and then without the ball, he was getting forward. He could have been on the end of a couple of goals. We saw um, Tabner burn him when he, um, and I think he chipped it and went over his head and Schultz took the mark and kicked the goal. <laughs> And then late in the game, he was um, standing spectating as we kicked a goal over his head. But um, he's working hard and getting himself in really good offensive positions as well as around the contest, really throwing his weight around and making it easy for the, the mids yeah. to get in there and win the contested ball. Yep. I, um, yeah, I, I totally agree. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. He got burnt like, if we think all the way back to the preseason where uh, Schultz burnt... Um, <laughs> it was him again. <laughs> it was a Sam Sturt. Okay, yeah, yeah burned him big time. That was it. That was like Darcy cop that three times. Oh, but that, that, that was Morgan. tabs. That was tabs' fault. Do you reckon he was trying to hit um Schultz, or he was trying to hit Darcy? I, I reckon he was going for Darcy, <laughs> and he overkicked it. Um, but I, I tell you what, the running, as you said, the running that Darcy's doing as well. So, yeah. are you? So that that then begs the question: Are you? You can't use the same apology for both players, for Hill and <laughs> does. Separate ones, Joe, because uh, you um, you had a fair bit to uh, critical to say about him. About who, Darcy? Yes, I think I've been, been praising I've been praising him for the last month, the last two weeks, or whatever. It's pretty, it feels like the last month. <laughs> yeah, it does actually. Um, uh, he, his his game was super. I loved it. Yeah, I thought, it was really, I thought it was really good. And just what. 22. He's 22, Jojo. Um, and uh, to be honest, I think the interesting thing about his game is it's his rock craft that probably is the thing that he can really work on and develop. You yeah. know, with, he, with his size, winning hit outs and getting taps to advantage is the thing that he could really work on in the offseason. And, yeah. you know, that could be the thing that really propels him into being 100% our Ruckman of the future if he's not already. Yeah. 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 It was a bit of, um, you know, you had some questions over it, but uh, look, he's um, he's coming on in leaps and bounds, especially in the last two, three weeks. So, do you reckon it's, uh, I reckon it must have something to do with his body and just the confidence he's got in his body? Because yeah. early in the season and those preseason games, it looked like every little knock he was, you know, off the ground, and you know, he, almost like he wasn't willing to put himself through a match of footy if he wasn't playing at ninety-five or one hundred percent. But yeah. now he's finding a way where if he does cop a knock or a little hit during the game, he's willing mm. to get back out there at 80, 85% and push through it. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? So, and that's probably been um, said to him as well uh, down there. So that you, you know, you got to try and stand up a bit. And yeah, he just gives you that impression that he wants this so bad. He wants it desperately, doesn't he? And he's, um, 
and 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 he's going to push through now, as you can see. So I'm I'm really upbeat about him. I'm upbeat about his, you know, where we are in, you know, another two or three years' time with him. So um, fingers crossed. Um. So the midfield battle. I mean, and it wasn't really much of a battle, but it seems as though you know it was Fife, Mundy, Brayshaw, Chera. Uh, yep. these kind of guys, Sarong, they all pretty much got equal time in the midfield almost on the weekend. And it was just those guys almost rotating through exclusively. Yeah. Yeah, no one really excelled or um, it was just a consistent rotation, as you said. And they all they all stepped in when they had to. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty much a, a procession, wasn't it? And I thought that the clearance work was really good. I mean, the guy sitting back, you know, almost in the sweeper spot off the back of the um the center clip, the center bounce. The amount of times we were getting to feed back, and then that guy was yep. being able to balance up and hit a really good safe option uh, going forward. I thought that was really good to see. They were really good, controlled, uh, good quality clearances. Clearances, yeah, that's right. And um, even like um, Chera had a probably had a quite quite a game to some extent. Only had fifteen touches, four clearances. He's doing a lot more of that inside work now, and yeah. well, he's that. He was almost playing on the wing the other week, and then they put him back inside yeah. this week. So it's good yeah. that he's having to play both ways. Yeah, that's right. But I can't. I just can't believe just watching him in in the contest. I can't believe how strong he's gotten in. You know, fifty odd games. Then he's now the one that's sort of shaking off the tackles and and um, getting clearances out of packs, and it's it's magnificent to see. But it's again. I still want him to be the uh, the one receiving the ball and delivering it. I want him to be the the playmaker. You know, the not the hard, not the bloke in there getting it out. Yeah. Well, I think we saw him doing that. And he, I was going to mention. You know, the guys biting off that kick into the corridor. You know, you have your Mondays and Chera is one of those guys that seems to have the license, along with a couple of others, to have a yep. crack at those kicks. You yeah. know, some guys are yeah. probably being told, "No, no, it's not your plot. It's not your spot. Get it into these guys' mm. hands." But when yeah. the good ball users get it in hand, and Chera is one of them, um, that and especially from the weekend, that was where a lot of our ball transferal to that open or fat side yes. came from. Yeah, good things just happen when he gets it, don't they? Yeah. So, hey, what about Monday, uh, David Monday? We said <coughs> that, you know, no one really excelled. A lazy twenty-four, if you don't mind, JJ, and five clearances. When, yeah. you, when is when is this guy going to slow down? Heart attacks are a leading cause of death in the elderly, Jojo. <laughs> I, I worry about his exertion. I'm, it's, it's, we've got to we've got to keep that in, in mind. Well, it's like he um, turned thirty five years old, then he kicked into gear and said, "No, the career's starting again." Yeah, I know it did, didn't it? So, um, the thing I, I'll, I'll tell you what. Yeah. Um, another great game from both uh, Acres and Ash. Yeah. Yeah. Between them, 47 touches, 16 marks, 7 tackles. And get this one, over a 1,000 metres gained. Yeah. They gained a, that's a kilometre. They gained a kilometre. Um, Aish had 23, and he almost went at 83%. So, yeah. again, that was probably attributed to the uh, the lack of pressure. Um, yeah, they did it the week before it, against Melbourne, though, as well. They'd, yeah, did, not, did. not as big a numbers, but they had a similar impact on the game, I thought. Similar impact, yeah. 17 uh, uncontested, though, uh, of his 23, but that's his role. And, yeah, and, yeah if they're going to do that and go at 80-odd percent, that's going to help. Um, another thing I thought the midfield group did a lot better this week than what mm. they'd done probably, uh, or at least more consistently this week than what they'd done previous um, this season, is... 
When kicking inside 50, there seemed to be some real thought about where they put the ball for the forwards. So many times this week, I thought I saw the ball go to the forwards advantage side, whether that be, um, you know, Tabernas sealing off and the ball going over his head so he can hold off his opponent or, you know, if they're in front, a lead up, you know, kicking it into space so they can run onto it. I don't think we'd seen that as much in previous weeks, but I thought this week it was noticeable, especially with that one where they had to give it some air. There was one kick with Stephen Hill where he went flat and, you know, Tabernas gave him a bit of a mouthful. But in in the main, I thought... The thought that was being um, given to how the ball was needing to be delivered to the forwards was much yeah. improved. Yeah, it was. It really was. It was so noticeable that that we, yeah, we were just giving it to them uh, to their advantage, and that's half the battle. Yeah, yeah. and even if it was a scuff kick, you know, it'd be out in front of the guy to his advantage side, not yep. to North's advantage side, or not, you know, with equal numbers. Everything was giving our forwards the best chance to have a crack at it. Yeah, it was. And, I, and I, actually, I mentioned it at the top, that one passage of play where, you know, Aish picked off a, a big, a long kick to Tavener, put it to his advantage. Tavener turns around, puts it out in front of Hogan. Just makes it look so much easier, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think that comes with um, space, which comes from, you know, selfless mm. running, all this kind of team building stuff. And, you know, yeah. JL said we haven't had a lot of time to work on forward craft, but these guys are professional footy players. They played footy their whole life. They understand how yeah. all this stuff works. But yeah. it takes buy-in and full buy-in from everyone. So it seems mm. as though, you know, you got Hogan back in the side now. He's decided what it seems like some kind of pennies drop for him. You know, the defensive yeah. effort that he's putting in is much, much improved from uh, previous times we've seen him play in purple. Um, yeah. Everyone's decided, okay, that's my role. I'm embracing it and I'm playing it. And they're reaping dividends. Uh, well, they did on yeah. the weekend at least. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's it's great to see that. You know, as we, you know, we've spoken about the lack of pressure from North, which obviously helped, um, helped enable us to do that. But they still did it, and that's the, you know, you still got to get it done, even no matter who you're against. And that was the, uh, yeah, to see that craft, uh, you know, sort of come to fruition. It was, um, yeah, real, real pleasure to watch, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, so just getting one final thing on the midfielders, the, you know, the center clearances were pretty even, but it was those stoppages around the ground we belted them at. And the contested footy, we absolutely smashed him at. And I remember seeing the interview before the game with uh, Reese Shaw, and that was going to be his focus for the game, was winning the contested footy. And we absolutely belted him at it. But, uh, you can't be fun, can it, when you come out in an, an interview uh, pre-game and say that, and then you're uh, when you're the coach and then you get absolutely towed up. It's um, There's got to be a question. I know they've got a horror, they haven't got a great list, but... He's had, a, he's had a shocker of it, hasn't he, of late, the um, last six, seven weeks or whatever? Yeah, so, well, uh, to be honest, I mean, w- when he got appointed, yeah, I think everyone was kind of surprised that North didn't look outside their own coach's box for their next coach. But if you think about it, an, a, a, an aspiring AFL coach would look at the list, they'd look at the demographic, they'd look at the off-field strength of the club that they're going to um, be taking yeah. on. Maybe there wasn't any options for North, or there was no. very limited options for North. I, I tend to think that that was um, that may have been it. I mean, if we can sit here and look at their list and go, I think we said in last week, didn't we? Like I looked at their list and there isn't a player in there I would take. And if we had to drop off a Frio, uh, one of ours. So if we can sit here and think that, and then okay, we might be a little bit biased, but <laughs> just a little. I, I, just a little, but but honestly, I, th- I think you know. I think you might be right there. I don't think there might have been, you know, for any 
first-time you know debut coaches, I'm not sure there would be a hell of a lot of people uh, putting their hand up for the job. No. Um, so the, the, where we really saw improvement this week was in the in the forward line, and as we said earlier, it's that was that connectivity between the the mids and the halfbacks and our forwards, and then the space that we they were creating and the way we were delivering the ball. But to kick 99 points. You're the yeah. man with the stats, but I imagine we hadn't done that for a while. No, I think our average for the year was around four, uh, 49 points, I think, or 52 or something. Yeah. So, well, yeah, and it was a, a very rare point. occurrence, even in full, full you know, yeah. in the fully timed, the old, old yep. longer, longer quarters. Yeah. You know, yeah, we didn't right. get over 100 points too many times, even when that was the case. So, no. I mean, no. it, it was so, a fair effort from us. It's great effort. And, you know, like, um, Michael Walters, you know, uh, contribute. Yeah. Not bad for a guy that's supposedly uh, filthy about playing, not playing enough time in the middle, Jojo. So. Um, well, I reckon that's, that was almost came out to be true, didn't it? I don't think it was. Wasn't it? I think, it's a, I think this is the third apology you need to make. <laughs> um, <laughs> the thing that is most impressive and I think is a massive bonus for Frio is our contested marking power. Yep. I mean, you get guys clunking it down the line and inside 50. And we sp- spoke about Rory Lobb last week. And, yep. you know, what we wanted from him was a better contest than the ruck, which I think we got in the most part this um, this week. But then also for him to go forward and actually, you know, not get pushed off the ball and run and jump and yeah. take a couple of marks in the forward 50. And he did that. That's right. He did do that. And that's what we were looking for. That's exactly what we were talking about. It was um it was massive improvements, chalk and cheese from what he's been doing in recent weeks. Um seven seven marks, seven big grabs he took, uh kicked the goal, four score involvements, and no stutter step. Now Did you see the team teammates go to him after that? Well did they? <laughs> it looked like they were having a bit of a laugh about it after he nailed that goal. Yeah. Well, I gotta be honest, as an advocate for the ridiculous, I'm already campaigning to bring it back. <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's like um, we could turn that into something. Like it's like when you know when a bowler uh, in the cricket comes in, starts his run up, and the crowd start soft and they get louder as, as he thunders into the crease. Yeah, we, we, we could do that when the, with the stutter step, Jojo. Oh, I'll just take yeah, the goals. Could... I'll just take the goals. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a trademark. Could be a trademark. So, so you, you uh, know, Rory, Rory Lobb almost played hundred percent game time. I think he was on the bench for about a minute and a half. Is that it? Is that all? So, was that was no. He, I, we've been. I'm, we're mucking around, but that game was really good, and that's what we need from him. If he delivers that every week, you'd be you'd be more than happy, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the impressive thing about our forward line as well is, is there's such room for them to grow. I mean, yep. Tabner probably didn't have his best game for the year, probably not even close. And what did he kick? Three goals, four goals. And then Jesse uh, yeah, three, Hogan, three goals. Jesse Hogan yep. kicked four, but he only came, yep. it came from six touches. So I was pretty impressed again with Jesse Hogan's work rate and his effort. But I mean, a lot of that's on the other side of the ball. Yeah, that's right. And I, I'm with you. I, I didn't think. I thought he's. This is going to sound silly, but I thought his game last week may have even been a touch better than it was this week. But he got reward for effort today. So well, people go on about goals. I mean, that first yeah. goal he got, he took the mark, what, 55 metres out, and then someone encroached within 25 metres of the man on the mark. So we got a 50 metre penalty to the goal line. Yeah. I mean, I'm not and a big fan. And then he, got, a, but then he, he had, got another one from a free kick. Yeah. 
But I mean, and- somehow, like getting a call like that, maybe that makes all the difference for a player. It gives you that confidence to see the ball go through the big sticks. Next thing yep. you know, you look up on the scoreboard, you got three. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I tell you, I did. I tell you, I loved his interview after the game. I, I don't know whether you um, saw that, but he just he was talking as though, like he seemed in a really good space, and that he was talking on the how the game game plans progressing and what they're doing and and all this. And then he mentioned getting amongst it, you know, preseason and next year. Yeah. So that that that's a good sign. I like that. And then he also said. You know, because he got, he said, I've got a few, I've got a, I've got a bit of a reward today. I got, he said, admittedly, I got two of my goals from the umps. He said, one from a 50 meter penalty and, and uh, a further one from a free kick. So he said, I did feel like a, a little bit of a Jack Darling. So, <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to feel like that. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, it's terrible for him. Um, you know, he's come up and he's thinking, oh, I've got a bit of the Jack Darling. Yeah, he hasn't got that. He's nowhere, nowhere near that. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, but nice of him to admit, to point it out, though, wasn't it? So I have to go out and find that interview again. I don't know if I'll be able to find it again. Well, at least we didn't see the ball thunder off his chest from, uh, you know. No. A, a low pass from midfield. Yeah, we didn't see any of that. No, um, so right. overall, I think I was, I was not, I'm not going to say I was worried, but I was concerned that, like, we wouldn't see that kind of performance that we got. But it's so reassuring and Going into the off-season and looking forward to next year, seeing a yep. performance like that against a team that we should knock off in the manner in yep. which we did, um, I was, yeah, couldn't be happier. Oh, I loved it. Oh, I really did. And, and for the exact same reasons that you just said. It was just, just wonderful to see. And to see them all get amongst it, like Schultz, get amongst it again. Yeah. You know, and just for them all to get a – to have a hand in it and um, – yeah, brilliant. Loved it. I think Nick's El- Nick Del Santo mentioned it in the commentary that um, he thought Schultz was a bit of a barometer for our pressure and our performance. And even oh, though did he's not, say that? Yeah. Um, you know, no, he might not be in our best 10 players. I thought that's a pretty good point because you think back to the games where we've actually got a good result. It's been those half forwards and he's kind of led the line in that defensive pressure so far this year. And when he's on song and putting in a strong performance... Yep. It seems like that pressure kind of flows on to the rest of the team. It, it, it did. I, I, when Del Santo said that, I'm like, he's you know, this is virtual what you were saying. I'm thinking, yeah, that's right. That's right. Because then I did start thinking back when we, you know, when he plays well, we do seem to, or um, we get a good result. So um, the, um, what would you call him? The uh, spiritual pressure leader or something. <laughs> Maybe. Um, did you see nature. pregame uh sean darcy was under a bit of an injury cloud he was doing a fitness test i noticed in the change rooms liam henry was warming up in in full kit with the team oh, so really? it must have been a fairly close call on whether um wow big darcy was going to play or not uh long i saw mention that liam might get another crack this week weekend it's hard to see anyone getting left out though isn't it yeah, how, yeah. How can you? I mean, maybe Reese Conker comes back. If you, what did he do? What, do you know I think it was he managed. Oh, I managed. Was okay. Yeah. He might come back. Um, but yeah, how, you wouldn't change it up too much. I would have thought, to be honest, against North, that would have been the game to to give Liam a going, Liam Henry a going. Yeah, because you know he would have got amongst it. He could have really got a bit of confidence up in that game. But um, against the Bulldogs, they're pretty good on their pressure. Yeah, they are. And we've got the Bulldogs on Sunday afternoon next week. Um, mm. Their pressure's their pressure's good. I don't think it's what it was 
when they obviously won the won the flag. I was watching them today, and I think if we're going to beat them, we've got to shut down their ball movement. They, yeah. they move it real quick. They're really slick. But yeah. I think if you look at the way we've defended the better teams in the league this year and the way we've gone about it, hmm. we've really stymied ball movement. So I think it'll be yeah. an interesting test for the Bulldogs more so than us. I mean, you know what we can deliver defensively. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see whether they're able to dismantle that defense and get through it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It is um, when they do when they're on song that those quick handballs you you have to um, you can't even see them sometimes they're that quick. So yeah, it's uh, it's something we can't let happen. I mean, we don't match up too badly with them. You know, yeah. if Bonson Pelly gets going, we've got five to get in there and get into him. Um, yeah. They don't really have much up forward, I wouldn't have thought. No. I mean, they've got Norton now and uh, Josh Bruce, but you'd think our backs down there would be big enough and mean enough to be able to give them a good run yeah. for their money. And then down the yeah. other end, I think it's Ace Cordy is their key defender as long with, along with Alex Keith, if he's still in the team. Yeah. So they're probably missing that third big defender. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see if they make a change to try and defend our three tolls in a different way. Oh, uh, yeah, gotcha. They um yeah they are a team orientated game other um club they're they're more probably a bit like us everyone play their role for you know and and that's how they get it done um there's not not really as you said modern pally but it's not really they don't have those big standouts do they no um, they don't they do have very important play Mitch Mitch Wallace up forward this year has been outstanding for them oh. and. That'd be the obvious person or player that uh, Conquer would go to, I would have thought, if he is back in the team. And he'd be yeah, an important yeah. player to stop because he creates as well as scores. He does, he does actually. And uh, Caleb Daniels, um, he's, um, he can, uh, he can hurt, hurt you with his uh, disposal. So, few of them there. few of them we've got to – well, I mean, there's, they're a good team. That, um, but there's a couple of there that, you know, that if you do shut down, it goes a long way to – to uh, quelling their influence anyway. Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned to you over the weekend, hmm. have you ever heard the words uh, ramifications, mathematically, mathematical possibility more in your life? 8,000 times I heard them over the weekend, Jojo. And the other one was, uh, and even one of my mates used this in a text message to me, permutations. <laughs> it's one of those words that doesn't even... You'd never hear it outside of this, outside of... In a normal season, they'll start coming out around round 21, round 22. Yep. 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 But yeah, the compromise season, round round 17, round 18, you hear it in every second sentence. I can't even think of an example where you would use that word in your daily life outside of football. (laughs) I've never, never, never even thought to use that word. So, yeah, it's it. And um, what was the other one? The mathematical possibility. Yeah. 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 God, jeez. Get some new words. <laughs> and can you believe we um, lost to GWS? How did we lose to GWS? Yeah, I did. That was just, that was all timing. Their season was on the line. They they made, they raised an effort for that game and, and played somewhere near, you know, uh, their, their uh, better form. But since then, they've been, they've been diabolical. Terrible. Do you, so, you sit back a little bit and think what could have been, you know, if the Carlton result yep. went the way it should have, um, yep. you know, you think that maybe if we picked up one of those games against the GWSs who were just, you know, desperately out of form, yep. we're probably sitting inside the eight. We probably are. And that would have been such a great result for 
Longmere, Justin Longmere in his first year. And, you know, a lot of these guys that are, um, you know, in their, in their early years and seeing the game plan develop into that. Um, but you know what, where we are, right? How much sort of boost does this got to give Michael Walters, Nat Fife, you know, even David Mundy, to think that, or maybe not Mundy, he's not going to be there in three years' time, but, you know, Fife and Walters, they could still be there when we're contending. Yeah, for them to hang yeah. around and put in the effort to, you know, yeah. stay at the yeah. top of their game because yeah. to know that you know, we'll be competing really at some point, yeah. Well, yeah. I, think, I think maybe at the start of the year, they've probably gone, oh, I'm not sure whether we're going to be there. But after the, what we've seen this year, I'm pretty sure they'd be saying, this is looking all right. We're, we're going to be around, you know. So that's what's great. That's what uh, what's great about it. Um, and I think also, if you look at the season gone now, you know, we've been through 17 games and what we were expecting pre-season from, from this season. Yep. Yep. We've probably ended up with, you know, maybe one or two more wins than you could have realistically expected. But I think yeah, in definitely. terms of the way we've gone about it, We've far exceeded what anyone would have thought. You know, oh, I, I don't think massive. anyone thought that we'd be this competitive and this difficult to pull apart for, you know, just about every opponent this year. I, you know, the game against Geelong wasn't great. And the game, um, there was one other one other game where we didn't really perform up to standard. But apart from yep. that, I mean, a lot yep. of teams have had problems with us this year. And haven't they? And you're right. It's just that whole, it's probably worth more to us than the wins. The, oh, absolutely! The, yeah, the way we've gone about it, and the and the progress we've made with the, you know, and it's it's noticeable. Everybody knows it. You know, um, every time you turn on Fox Footy, and they they mention Freeman, it's it's about how much progress we've made. Yeah. So it's not. Um, yeah, it's it's being uh, being acknowledged. Like, uh, well, you sure. think about it. The run the run home. It's been outstanding. The last few games mm. at Optus, them knocking off Melbourne over East, and then knocking off North Melbourne. Yep. I mean. They get a result against the Bulldogs. They're going to be flying into. They were counting the days down to get to preseason training. I would have thought. That's right. That's right. And actually, it was. Um, I think it was Jason Dunstall. He said that. He said that you think you know you don't want wins because you want draft picks and whatever else. But the wins that for that are inconsequential uh, in terms of um, four points and finals and whatever. But they give those players that boost and the confidence to, as you said, to head into preseason next year. Yeah, there's an excitement around the team. You know, they're upbeat. They're um, they know they're on the right path. So, so these wins that don't mean anything in terms of finals, they mean a hell of a lot. Oh, they, yeah, they contribute to your culture and to yeah. um, setting standards, don't they? Yeah. Um, speaking of guys who are full of confidence, I've got to mention it before. Did you see Nathan Wilson take off and trying to run around Braden Pruce? I think it was <laughs> in the second quarter. <laughs> Tugged him like he was a right, like a dog or a cat. He just picked him up by the collar and slammed him down to the ground. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he'd be getting a bit of a ribbing from the mate from the his teammates on that all week. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, that was unbelievable, wasn't it? Um, but, and the uh, other thing I've got to mention when we're talking about forwards is Matt Tabernut. Yeah, in hmm. those forward contests, I, mean, I don't know who starts off holding who. But he ends up being in contests where the defender's got a hold of his arm and he's got a handful of jumper. Yeah. And it seems just yep. about every week, either he gets one early and then he gives one away late, or he gets one early and then he gives one and late, yeah. late. Either way, they get about one or one or two each. But Yeah. How So they might as well not might as well not hold. No, they definitely should hold. This is what I'm saying. He gets a shot at goal. 
the defender gets a kick, a defensive. 50 oh, okay. Exit. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he gets the the kick in the uh, forward but, fifty while the defender in the. In but the you back can't. 50. They show yeah. the replay, and the replay doesn't even start early enough where you can tell who was holding first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Actually, you're right. It does happen. It, it so, just makes yeah, me think, and you see this going on around the league. It, it should almost just be play on every time. The umpire's just having a guess. They have to be yeah, having a right. guess. Yeah. And such yeah. dire consequences for the defender giving up a Isn't shot it? on goal, maybe, what, 20 metres out. And where, yeah. if the attacker gives a free kick away, what does he care? It's just a, a kick in the back line. Kick in the back line that might turn it over. Might yeah. be risky. Um, yeah, and as long as Tabs goes back and takes his time, that, that kick around the corner, yeah, what is he doing? It's not his goal, especially when you see the drop punt that he that first goal oh. he kicked. That did not deviate from the line once it left his not left his boot. Not a bit. But you know what? He can kick around the corner. But I but I you know, and, and they were saying it as well on the commentary. Take your time, stop. Yeah. You know, and as um Nick Del Santo said, give your mids a breather. Yeah. Give exactly. them a thirty second breather. Yeah. So Yeah, but anyway. Uh anyway, it was so Good, another good week in uh, the world of Fremantle Dockers. Have you got you got anything else before we sign off? No, only that. Um, good to see you, Matty DeBoer, get two hundred. Yep, two hundred games. Agree with that. That was a great result. Didn't uh, didn't end well for him. He's two hundredth, but um, and I've taken another multi, Jojo. Oh, here we go. Caleb's the wrong rising star. Adam Chera, goal of the year. Charlie Dixon, mark of the year. <laughs> Did you see his mark? I didn't see. I didn't see any mark at the end. I'm sick of people. I'm, the, the leaping on people's heads. That's been. That's been. That's overrated. It's been done to death. Charlie Dixon caught the footy like a cricket ball. One hand just oh, stuck really? it out there. Oh, you got to see it. It's unbelievable. Well, the, I, I, I saw how, someone crapping on during the week about how they reckon his hands are the biggest hands since Stuart Lowe's. I think they might be. I think they, or it was one of those miniature footies that kicked him from the crowd or something. Um, <laughs> But it was unbelievable. It was a, it was a sensational mark. I, can, I still can't work out how it stuck. He's just like he didn't re- re- reel it in with his shoulder or his arm. Just straight in the mitt, straight just a in the head. Yeah, uh, that is it. So that that multi's going on as well. Okay, <laughs> very good, very good. Yeah, the only other thing we learned from the round, JJ. Yep, it confer- confirmed our beliefs. Saint Kilda are imposters. <laughs> that's all. That's that all. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well. Until I speak to you after we beat the Bulldogs. Are you down with the restump? Oh, well, look, I just think it's a silly question. You've got the right to ask silly questions, but you're abusing the privilege. Start wearing purple, wearing purple. Start wearing purple for me now. All your sanity and wits, they will all vanish. I promise. It's just a matter of time. So, yeah.